the second half, and that and that's what created the possessions or the time of possession, if you will, and the subsequent points. We're we're a group that thrives off of turnovers. Uh, we average over two turnovers a game defensively. We weren't able to get any um, in that game, and I thought that that had an adverse effect on the outcome of the game as well. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, the last time the Steelers went into Buffalo, it was a... Snowy day. Snowy day, and Le'Veon Bell ran for 236 yards. Yards. It was outstanding because I was on the sidelines, and I remember one time he leaped over a guy. It was really like I would remember going, "Whoa, that was right. pretty amazing!" Yeah, I mean to see that big a back leap over a guy like that and on his way to 236 yards. Right, of right, right, right. So what's with the running game now? <laughs> what's with the running game? Uh, it's uh, it's just long air mailed handoffs. Right, right, right. <laughs> right you, now, uh, you know. You uh, you explained that you would like uh, Matt Filer to move over to right tackle. Yeah, yeah, I had some reasonings for that. Yeah, and um, I and again, I preface this the whole thing with this is not about Chuk's poor performance. Chuk's right. done well. Yeah, he's played well. I feel in my heart of hearts. First of all, again, I go back to Chuck Knoll talking about the fact that. Uh, change for the sake of change is no change. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Chuck always used to say that. Yeah, he. If used you're to just say changing that. for for any reason, not, so you know, that's the change for for the sake of change is. Uh... No, no, no. Uh, I think the reason that I'm saying is number one is at some point in time Kevin Dotson's going to be a right, starter. Okay, right. there's no question in my mind. I thought, and I will say this again, I thought Kevin Dotson was more game ready back uh, towards the beginning of the season than even Chase Claypool. Yeah. who I think has had a magnificent season. Yeah, um, But I hold Kevin Dotson pretty high regard for a young man. I'm hoping that, first of all, his COVID thing is all over and he's right. regained his strength yeah. and oomph and everything. Second of all, Kevin uh, Dotson is a natural puller. Right, He pulls and runs well in space. Yeah. He definitely gets there with a bad attitude. And Matt Filer does not well. Well, Matt has well. struggles. He's He's well. First of all, you're six six. Yeah. When you're six six and you're like three and a quarter, something like that, three thirty, uh, it's difficult to bend your knees and get under guys that are six two. Right. All right. Um, also, Matt has got kick out the arms. defensive end. Exactly. You know, kicking out when they take you on with that inside shoulder, uh, as you saw uh, the one defensive end down in Dallas, he ducked under Matt and literally made the play. Lawrence. Yeah, Demarcus Lawrence, Lawrence was it? Okay. Yeah. So, excuse me, I look at that and I think, how can you better utilize Matt Filer's great size and strength? Right. I thought he played well at tackle, very well. Yeah. And I thought he had a real home there. I think his natural aptitude is there. He uses his hands very well. I also think that when you double team at the point of attack, he is much better being a drive guy. You know what it's like. Yeah. you got to have a postman, the guy right. that comes straight off, locks the guy up, stands him up. Then you need the meat hanger. Right. You need the guy coming down and whamming him to, to and drive him back. Hip. Get the hip. Get the hip. You know, yeah. get down there. And even if you can't get the hip, Matt is so strong and powerful right. there. I think he. you give him an angle, and it's like I said uh, before, he can park cars without car keys. Right, right, he's, right. He's got great ability to push things. So Mike Tomlin 
said, I'm worried about the fluidity. Yes. What's that mean? Well, number one is, you know, regard regardless of what he's talking about as far as, well, no, no, not regardless. Here, here's the point. Uh, if he chooses to come out and throw the ball 53 times, right. he wants fluidity in that. Yeah. Fluidity means catching the ball short and running long. Right. All right? Ca- means catching the ball, period. It means making those uh, uh, catches and adjustments that you got to have to be able to roll the chains and create and, and, a, a, an and, offense. And it means run or pass. Run or pass, absolutely. Yeah. And because if we choose to run, he would say, then we have to have fluidity in our running attack. So, uh, you know, uh, James Conner's is back. Yes, he is. And uh, we're, we're going to uh, come off the ball. And, uh, Sean well, we're Surrett, hoping. Yeah, Sean Surrett. <laughs> Uh, you know, he needs to uh, uh, tell those guys to come off the ball. Well, what he needs to do, I, I what he needs to do. Look, um, it's a difficult process uh, when you your, your running game principles are a little bit different right. than what you and I grew up yeah. on. Okay, we grew up on having the body angle, the, the forehead and the chin, rip to rack, roll over front, all those things we talk about. Uh, why right can't now, they do so, uh, They why can can't do they... that, but that's not the way it's been being yeah, taught now because yeah. they go with the outside zone. Tennessee does that. Tennessee has more of a tendency to do that. Jacksonville has more of a tendency right. to do that. They still will run the outside zones, but you will see them with a lot more, um, let's say, physicality and attacking downhill trying to roll back the line of scrimmage. Right, right. Okay? So, having said all this, if you're going to, and remember, in the first five games, four times the Steelers rushed for over 100 yards in the first four. Yeah. The fifth game, I believe they had 90-some yards, so it was close. There's got to be a desire to regain your rushing attack. Right. And I think it comes about when you stop, first of all, you got to, Roll back all the pass attempts. I yeah, mean, here, here's the thing about it, too. Yeah, Do you know what running game yeah, is Yeah, like? yeah, yeah. You know, when Ben was uh, uh, questioned in his press conference, right. uh, what's the uh, problem with the running game? He said, uh, um, uh, we believe in our guys up front, and uh, right. James Conner is coming back. Uh, Pouncey is back. Uh, you know, Pouncey... Uh, is, uh, you know, he's back. Well, him being back is a huge addition. Right. You know what it means. First of all, you know, for the offensive lineman, what did it mean to have Mike Webster? Right. All right? Yeah. When we lined up with Mike Webster, we were lining up with an iconic rallying point. You always knew you're in the game. This guy is like Terry Bradshaw. Uh, he was, you know, just one of those guys that you felt very secure. Matter of fact, my first start, you know, going between John Kolb and Mike Webster, you couldn't have it any yeah, better yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I am bookended by two Hall of Famers in yeah, my opinion, yeah, yeah. two all-time greats. When you have that sort of and and you and you feel very confident because the oh you're buddy, ten foot tall and yeah, bulletproof baby yeah yeah, yeah you, know you want to mess with me look yeah. who's to my right yeah that's yeah. Mike Webster look yeah, who's to my yeah, left yeah. that's John Kolb. yeah you know and, and you know when uh, uh, <laughs> you're uh, you're you're confident in your uh, big bully buddy Absol- yeah I got my buddies there yeah yeah you know and. 
the thing about it is that's the way we played. Right. Because we had the opportunity to be to to become starters during a period of time where it was handed off to us the mantle of how it was played. Right. To be a Pittsburgh Steeler offensive lineman in the eighties trapping era was to be it was something special. Yeah. I mean that you know, it was it's like uh, you know, you see the young money crew, okay, yeah. the wide receivers we had some years ago with A B and yeah. and all those guys, okay. Wallace, yeah, Mike uh, Wallace and uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders, right? So, you know, that was that's special. There's a special group of guys. They've gone on to have great careers and everything. Well, you know, it was a special group of guys that you and I came into. Yeah. Do you know how God blessed we were to be able to come in with yeah. the guys like Larry Brown, with Mike Webster, with John Kolb, you know, Steve Corson. These guys were unbelievable. Teddy Peterson. Um, but the the bedrock, Bubba, Webby, and Colby. Right. All right. That was special. And so, we were handed a... How do I put it? A heritage, yeah, from those guys. Yeah, yeah, and then Larry Brown uh, was uh, my, my. Remember uh, what they used to say about yeah, his triceps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the, the <laughs> Larry Brown's triceps came in a half hour before his. Uh, no, after him. Yeah, <laughs> they were so big. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I used to watch Larry Brown play all the time. Right, and uh, I, I got. Uh, uh, better because of him. You watched him. Yeah. You learned from him. He also spoke words of of affirmation to right. you, yeah. which also, in your mind, that encourages you, that helps you. Yeah. Because when you got the guy who you're looking at going, that guy's great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he looks and goes, it's now. It's time for you now. This is yeah. your time. You you're, know, you're, you're, and you're doing well. And you're doing. And you well. went on, and you did, and you had yeah. a prolific career. That's what it's like to be affirmed by the great ones, and that's part of the heritage that you have. And I hope that the, the Steelers have always had good offensive lines. Yeah, always had good line play. That that sort of thing. And I think that it can be reestablished. I think that. They've already shown that they're fully capable of being the run blockers as well as the pass blockers. They're magnificent as pass protectors. They do a great job of not letting Ben get hit. Yeah. You know, not getting hit and sacked. And uh, I think that if they can just get after the running game enough, and I think part of it is, again, if you want, (laughs) all you got to do is watch the tape and you go down the line and say, you need to move this man. You need to move this man. You got to concentrate on moving this man. So how do you seal? How do you move? How do you block down on him? You have to have a lower body angle and and ham yeah, hock power. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to come off the ball. And, right, uh, head but it's also it's also with coming off with more of a yeah, forward yeah, lean, yeah. like you're pushing a car, not upright, not the waddle step. When and when bed was asked. Uh, uh, right. Why the uh, the running game? Right, and he said, uh, "It's my fault because we uh, we we uh, we play a lot of RPOs." Right, and uh, and, and you know and, what and that I, says to me? Yeah, the man's taking care of his offensive line. He's stepping up. He's he's saying, "Look, put this on me, put this on me." You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, at the same time. Uh, I know that there'll be conversations behind the scenes. He's never going to take his offensive line to right. task, as he should not publicly. Yeah. But in, in when they have conversations in the meeting rooms and everything else, you know how it goes. Right. We've got to do this, fellas. We've got to do this better. And it's all for one, one for all. Yeah. You know, and Ben is like, it's okay. I'll take the bullets. Right. You know, you guys just, you got to come along and let's get after it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when uh, the offensive line comes together. 
Oh, yeah. In the meeting room. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And there's a strengthening and a reinforcing of what has to occur, what's got to be done. And there's a moment in time when you look at each other in the eyes and you go, this is the time, this is the place, you know, and you know, you realize you got to grab it and you got to go. You know, when uh, we were playing the the New York Giants, the last game of the year, Uh, Webby, Webby said, uh, uh, Webby was, we were sitting with Mark Malone. Our oh no, no. You're going to tell us. Yeah. And Webby was saying, <laughs> oh man, we, we, it's like the pro bowl. Yeah. We it's can't like block the pro these bowl guys. and we can't block these guys. And, uh, um, uh, Mark, Mark was Malone, getting, he was sweating bullets, yeah, man. And I said, don't, don't be nervous. But, uh, Webby's just kidding. Yeah. He goes, I'm not kidding. Webby goes, I'm not kidding. <laughs> All I remember was Mark trying to eat those scrambled yeah. eggs, and I remember how hard he took it to swallow. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, Ugh. so. Anyhow, all right, we got to go to break. Right. We'll be back with more Chaluch. It's uh, Chaluch and me in the locker room, and we'll be back with more after this. Punch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. See that music? George Benson, Breezen, can only mean Jerry Dulac from McKeesport and from the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. Uh, and Jerry is brought to you by Frank B. Fuhrer, Wholesale Proud distributors of Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the NFL, and Bud Light Seltzer. And you know what? We got to say an extra thing. We got to throw in there, Jerry, and say, it's good to be you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I have to I have to commend Twinchy. Almost last week morphed into, uh, you know, the past, and he almost called me Jerry Glusick last week. <laughs> <laughs> He has yet to do it this year, so Tunch, I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Jerry Glusick, uh, uh, uh a couple weeks, uh, every couple of weeks, and he's in Phoenix, uh, uh, Jerry. So when you go Phoenix, you got, you got to go play golf with him. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Wolf, Wolf now. Phoenix and Buffalo are comparable in weather. Is that correct? Especially oh, yeah. They're, they're just kind of like the bookends, the opposite ends of the spectrum of each other. They're very much right, alike, exactly. just at opposite ends. Right, exactly. I'm looking forward to going to your old stomping grounds. You know, um, you know the weather aside, uh, right. one, I've always, I've always enjoyed Buffalo, but I, I just love the setting. You know, it's very much like Lambeau. You know, you've got a football field, a stadium. Right at the end of a neighborhood, and you know you yes. walk yeah. how many yards, and you're in somebody's backyard, and I just, I kind of just love that old feel, old time concept. And then uh, you know when you're uh, at the hotel, you're on the lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Where are you well, staying I, I at, Jer? Are you staying in South Hills, or are you going staying no, more downtown you know, towards the airport? 
Well, I am staying in downtown uh, at a Marriott there, Wolf. You know, it's okay. funny because I try to just – I look for somewhere right around the stadium or somewhere nearby in Orchard Park, and as you know, other than like Ted – Ted's Beds and Dick's Hotel, there aren't uh, there aren't too many good places. There's, there's not even a place where they say, we'll keep the light on for you around there. Right, right. Or, yeah, I'm afraid I don't like to stay in places where they charge an hourly rate. <laughs> you know, it's too bad, Jerry. I should have set you up with my mom, staying at my mom's house. She's about an hour away. But you'd have been treated like a king and you'd hey, had Palmer Pies, Palmer man. Pies. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, I would have never left Wolf. I'd have just been so comfortable. I'd have said, hey, on that game. I'm oh, Hoopy would have loved to hang out with you. All right, yeah, so Jerry, one of the things about this this setting and this iconic stadium and so forth in, in Orchard Park is it's built below the ground, and sometimes, and I don't know the weather re- report yet or the forecast, but there comes a, a, a wind howling off the lake, and it does dip down and, and create havoc at times with the football anywhere in the uh, area. I have seen a, 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 like a plastic bag blow across what used to be Rich Stadium, and it would come across just shooting across the surface, and right about the 50-yard line, another gust of wind blew it straight up in the air like a rocket. The oh. winds <laughs> up in, in, in that part of uh, Orchard Park are pretty pretty crazy. Do, do you remember when the, we were there and the uh, color guard couldn't hold up the flags? Oh, I remember all and, that. And, Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, the our punter kicked it up. Uh, kicked it off, uh, punted, and uh, he almost fair caught it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Wolf, one thing, uh, I saw the weather is supposed to be somewhere around 46 to 48, so it's not, there shouldn't be any biting <clears throat> wind chill, but I can't speak to the wind. You know, I never thought of it being below ground, but I guess you're right because when I walk in on the press box level, it's, I, I mean, when I walk in, it's basically ground level yes. from the outside. And then, of course, the field sits uh, sits down below. But at least we're not supposed to have any nasty type of snow or, or sleet or anything like that. At least that's what I'm seeing right now. Well, the nice thing is you'll, you'll be great, greeted nicely there. Other than when I went back my first time, Tunch and I, we, we well, came uh, off the field. Tunch was going, you know, you're so popular. Look, these people, as we're coming up the, the ramp to go back to the locker room, they're hanging over the edge. They're spitting at you, and they're giving you the, the Hawaiian good luck charm. You're yeah. number one. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the night before, uh, he put, he opened the windows and it was snowing inside. <laughs> it was, it was and, warm in the room. And then, so I was—I I had a sweatshirt and a towel around my head, and uh, I closed the window. And uh, Wolf woke up and he said, "Did you turn off the air conditioning?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing—I I mean, while I like the charm and the setting of the stadium, as I said. I will not miss having to go to the locker room because the problem with those old time stadiums is you you have those little cramped quarters and we you mm. know uh, we would have to walk outside through that tunnel in which you drive in and then uh, you know you go in this little cramped locker room. So the one good thing about uh, about the pandemic and us doing Zoom calls and not going into the locker room, I won't miss that little locker room. Right. In, in, uh, Whatever name they call that, what do they call that stadium now? Uh, uh, well, I think it's New Era. Well, or, I think you might be Ralph right. yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Well, they they want to call it no, not Ralph Wilson. The Ralph yeah, is what the fans <laughs> want to call it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it went through Rich Stadium and then uh, it Ralph was, Wilson. Yeah, Ralph I, Wilson. Right, yeah, right. but they want to. I think they. Oh no! Not, now they want to call it the Marv. That's the, it. 
the oh, Marv, Marv after Lewis. Marv Levy. Marv yes. Levy. Marv. But they want in Buffalo. They you, it, you don't go, call yeah, it Marv, Marv Levy. Lewis, nice. What's that? <laughs> I go yeah. They, I go oh for Marvin Lewis. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they want to call it the Marv. You know that's the, gotcha. that's the way uh, Buffalo speaks up there. So gotcha. looking at this game, this is not going to be an easy one, Jerry. This is a, a team that that being the Buff Bills, they're getting better week by week. Yes, they are, uh, Wolf. And we, we, you know, they had a they had a little lull. They scored a lot of points early. Then they had a little lull, but they they've beaten some good teams. Right, you know, they're four and two against teams with winning records. Um, uh, it, you know, and and they, they they were blowing out the Rams, if you recall at home. The Rams came back, and then they won they won on, on in in the last minute. And they and they you know they had impressive win uh, against Seattle. So they've beaten some good teams. Um, the one thing I will say is what we have seen with the Steelers, while they have struggled the last two games, you know, this is this is their little lull. Well, they, at least they certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, they we, go back to Tennessee. They go on the road as a road underdog, point and a half or two, and they just blow out Tennessee for 35 minutes. And Tennessee comes back and makes the game close. But as you know, they just dominated them. They go to Baltimore as a three-and-a-half point, the following week, three-and-a-half point road underdog, and they go in and they and they beat the Ravens. You know, right. a, a Ravens team that was, was fully loaded, unlike this past one. Yeah. So, so my point is, let's not forget, we always look at it the other way. This is an 11 and one football team that when pushed like that on the road responds. Yeah. And, and um, you know, when, when you, when you start doubting them or tell them, or, you know, people question this or that, that's when good teams respond. Right. And whatever you want to call the Steelers, they're 11 and one. So whatever adjective you want to affix to them, it usually starts with good and goes up from there when you're 11 and one. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, when I see them respond, like I saw that earlier this year, and I see them respond like that a lot of times, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't sit there and think, boy, this, you know, it's, people want to chalk this up. Well, they're probably going to lose that game. Well, there's no reason to think that way. Yeah, Buffalo's good. But so was Tennessee and so was Baltimore at the time. And they went in and, and, and you know, kicked the potatoes out of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Josh Allen uh, threw 80 per, uh, 80% completion rate uh, last game. And uh, he's, uh, he's dynamic and he can run and he can throw and he's got a big gun. And, uh, he is impressive. Yeah, he's impressive. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, obviously adding Stephon Diggs gives them, uh, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, if they're, if Joe Hayden's not going to play, I don't know that, but it's probably not going to. Um, they'll certainly miss that. Steve Nelson should be back. And so that's that, at least that part of it's good. Um, but I think Diggs has made a b- big difference. I think they run the ball pretty well. Singletary, yeah. very good. And, but Josh Allen makes them go. Um, and, um, because uh, Cole yeah, Beasley, I, I think Cole Beasley is uh, a great uh, uh, slot receiver. Absolutely, absolutely, and he relies on him. He's a you know he's a great third down target for him. And Josh Allen can run the ball. I mean, there's no question. Um, there's no question they they you know they 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 will pose a big problem. 
and it should be a good game. Uh, I, hopefully it's more entertaining than what we've seen the last two weeks um, <laughs> because that wasn't a lot of fun. That first quarter against Washington was wow. the most interminable quarter I think I've seen in years. You know, it was a long one, but getting back to this Buffalo. Long, t- long and bad, Wolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> long uh, and bad, like, yeah. like some of my stories. <laughs> I've I've given a few talks like that too. Cool breeze, <laughs> cool breeze. Yeah. But you know, you look at the Bills. You know, through the first six games, now they were averaging about twenty eight, giving up twenty eight points per game. Now they cut it back to like twenty three. Defensively speaking, they're 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 coming on. Yeah, and, and, and but they have shown that points can be scored on them. And, right. and, yeah. You know, it's funny because to start the year. I thought Buffalo's calling card for the most part might be their defense because we've seen that the last couple of years. And I'm not saying they're not any good because they are in Tredavious White in the back end. You know, he's a larcenous little fella. And, and, and you know, Ben has to be uh, a larcenous. Uh, wait a minute. I love that. A larcenous little fellow. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. Yes, wow. And, um, you know, he'll he'll pick the ball. And I think that's one of the things, you know, among the things that hurt the Steelers the other day. You know, you guys know you can't sit there and say, hey, let's go. We're going to go take the ball away a couple, three times. It doesn't work that way. Um, but they had had a takeaway in every game but Tennessee until last week, and then they didn't take the ball away at all. And then, of course, you know, the two failures inside the 10. And, mm. you know, fellas, go back the week before. They were they were one and four, one for four in, in goal-to-goal situations in Baltimore, and they were one and two, uh, you know, against Washington. So that's two of six. The last two times they've been, they've had goal to go and goal to go, and previous to that, fellas, they had scored 13 consecutive times when they were goal to go. So they had been very good at that. Yeah. And then what we've seen the last two weeks, they struggled in that area. Uh, Jerry, uh, have you played golf in Buffalo? I have. I have, Twinson. I can't remember the name of the club, but I will tell you this: and I, I played it once or twice. John Butler, their old GM, who was a, who was a friend of mine. And a great guy. He passed away a number of years ago. One of the great guys in the league. Uh, he was a member there, as were some other uh, of their uh, front office executives. And I think Marv Levy lived off that golf course. But I can't remember the name. I want to say it was something like Briarwood or something wood. I can't remember. I don't know because the, they had the Orchard Park golf course. You know, that's right there in Orchard Park. And it was a nice one. But I used to work there in the summers. <laughs> I was yeah, and there uh, and the and the I think I think they tell me Buffalo Country Club, uh, if I that might be down by the lake. I yeah, hold is very good. You know, our friend Doug Whaley used to be the GM up there. Right. He, uh, you know, he came after John Butler, and Doug uh, Doug likes to tee it up, and he would always tell me some of the good places. And the, we're supposed to play there one time, and for some reason, I, the game got switched, the time got switched, and couldn't play. But those are my only golfing experiences in Buffalo. Well, I can only tell you that when you go up there, you look for either the Anchor Bar Wings or Duff's if you're going to get yourself well, that's some. What, and, I, and, and I've been to both of them, Wolf, and that's yep. one of the bad things about about right now. Um, you know, uh, you know, we, we go on the road, and what we always enjoy is Saturday night, getting right. to go out to dinner. Yeah. Well, that's been taken away because yeah. you don't want to go out and congregate with a lot of people. Some True. places aren't open. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I've been staying away from those types of places, and that's another disappointment. It's right. unfortunate. But... Uh, uh, Jerry, thank you so much. We love you, brother. And uh, uh, we're going to go to a break uh, and uh, uh, have fun in Buffalo. 
I will. I will shuffle off to Buffalo, and uh, I'm sorry you boys won't be there, but I'll be thinking about it. Shuffle off Jerry, to Buffalo. before we break, I just got a, a text from my mom who's listening to the show. She said, if, if Jerry would have been comfortable, he would have been more than welcome to come see me. Oh. An apple pie to boot. <laughs> well, you, Palmer Pies. You, t- you tell her I will file that away. Gladly take a ray check, and thank you. <laughs> there right, you go. She, right. You just said it to her. She's listening to the show. Said, Thanks, oh, brother. Appreciate you. know, we want to come to your house. Absolutely. But we can't go. We Wait till the season's over. We'll go yeah, and visit her. We're going to visit her. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, Jerry uh, Dulac. <laughs> I almost called him Jerry Clusey. You almost did. Uh, so uh, we're Let's take a break. Tunch We're going to take a break, uh, uh, and we'll be back after this. Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Okay, I gotta sit here and uh, gotta tell you. That's Earth, Wind, and Fire, Africana. Don't ever tell me that the Foo Fighters stink and you hate them when you just... You just brought that in. That, Everybody that, fell that, asleep that, listening that, to that, that. that. You know, with the, you know, I I think that the uh, <laughs> intro was uh, sleepy, but yeah. uh, but the uh, uh, bass. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you go with well, never mind. Yeah. Regardless, okay. So the fact of the matter is, you've got the Steelers coming up to play in a really 
a big, huge game. Yeah. A Sunday night in, in uh, what, uh, the New Era? What, uh, I don't know. It's the Marv, whatever they yeah. call the stadium now. In Orchard Park, New York. By the way, I grew up 2.4 miles from that stadium. Right. That stadium has been there for a long time. And uh, you know what? We had the opportunity to play there a few times, and it it was always fun. It's a, it's a crazy time. There's been no crowd there. But, uh, you know, I remember the time when, when Webby squeezed the ball on Freddie Smurlis a couple of times. And you remember what that was like? Right, that was the yeah. only first down we had in the first half. Yeah. So, okay, getting back to the game now. Um, you know, one of the things I forgot to ask Jerry because uh, he had made a point in one of his articles that he was writing, and he made a very good point. He said, uh, what has happened to all the pre-snap motion misdirection and jet sweeps? Right, yeah. Those and have that, dried they, up. They, well, they would dried up. I you know it, it they're window dressing and they uh, they play, what's the significance cause, of that? What they, do they do? They cause defenses to be flat footed. Yes. Yeah. And they cause them to what? React late. Yeah. React. You know what I mean? Because you get overstimulation. This is like yeah. it's like back in the day. You yeah. remember when you you know we first you know come to the boxing gym? You learn the jab. You learn yeah. how to defend the jab. Okay, so a guy jabs at you, boom. How easy it? Guy, yeah. boom. You move your head yeah. or you pat the jab. One of the two. Okay. Then all of a sudden you introduce the cross. Right. So now you got a jab then a cross. Now all of a sudden your reaction time gets a little bit slower. Right. Because there's a couple of stimuli that you have to key on. Yeah, yeah. You know when when you have jet sweep motion, uh you can go to the right, uh jet sweep motions to the left and uh I keep uh, and what does the that do to the play? defense? Yeah, they, you start they, to see yeah. Chase Claypool come across yeah. the backfield, right, and behind the line, and what do you do? They, if you're they, on the other side, you can start to loosen up and, and anticipate coming up field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they uh, uh, stay at home. They'll, they're going to loosen right. to that side because right. they want to get an angle to come up. If Chase gets the ball, they want to be in position where they can nail him like yeah. Mike Hilton did, yeah. J.D. McKissick, in the last game and, right uh, against and, Washington. And, and, and uh, when James Conner uh, switches uh, uh, to the right, it's uh, it's great. So we've got to get back. I hope we get back to a little bit of that pre-stamp motion. All that stuff, that misdirection and the jet sweeps yeah. that they were doing before. Also, I'm hoping that we get some screens. The screens have just right. been almost non-existent. We get the bubble screens we out have, there. We have never but the, run screens well. We have not traditionally run screens well. I would yeah. I would think that we have the capabilities of it, whether it's an Anthony McFarlane, a James Conner, the Benny Snell. Um, those guys are fully capable. Yeah. Now the offensive line's got to do a better job. You got to get out there. You know, you've got to get the first guy. You got to kick out. Second guy's got to peel. That sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, uh, you've got to be able to, um, you know, use the other elements such as we're talking about the misdirection stuff. Right. You know, I again, I, that's really that was really uh, that's a great point by Jerry in in talking about the fact that. It's really kind of dried up. Yeah, yeah, so, and uh, and you know I, I think it's dried up because uh, Ben dried it up. You, you think? Know, yeah, I, I think. You uh, think he's decided to go? Yeah. Let's just go with it. Yeah. Because right now, all they got to do is, and we've seen the Bear defense. We've right. seen them them come with the double eagle, right. some version. They'll put the eighth man in the box. Right. But it's it's also they're just sitting back and creating that. That that zone wall where they're right. nailing any of the short receivers 
coming across the middle. Yeah. You know, those things there, they're taking away that short passing game, uh, dropping guys down into the box. Yeah. You know you know what? I, I, I kind of want Derek Watt to line up at fullback. Well, Derek Watt would be somebody that, in my mind, it's starting to answer the uh, become part of the answer of the solution. He's only had what eight or nine snaps in the last twenty five times uh, since he's been back. back yeah. yeah, in the last game, he only had uh, a handful of snaps from the fullback position. Right. Now, uh, granted, uh, and, and you know, you hate to talk about a guy's minuses, but you know, like that short yardage one when Cameron right. Curl ducked under him. You can't do that. You're yeah. the fullback. You got to, and, and he, I'm sure nine times out of 10, he's going to get that block. Right. But unfortunately, when it came he, at a critical time. It came at a critical time. <laughs> and you know how it is. He didn't get that block. No, when you have a fail at a critical moment and you're the guy at the critical spot of the critical moment, you know, you you feel much shame. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I can raise my hand and say, yes, I have been the critical man at the critical moment, the critical time, and had a fail. You know, yeah. these things happen. Uh, you're going to have to reload, and Derek Watt is a guy. Look, he's got he's got a great pedigree uh, and a great history of doing the job. I'm hoping that they will use him a little bit more, and I would love to see a little bit of that oomph blocking. Yeah, with uh, you know Derek Watt being the trail guy, sometimes in the counter traps. Yeah, sometimes lead sees. Yeah. you know, lead around and run that boss play and lead up with the the fullback as well. Yeah, Steve Nelson practiced yesterday. Yes, and and uh, Boz and Spielman uh, and Joe Hayden didn't. Spe- uh, right. I'm sorry. You got Hayden and who who didn't? You got the uh, Spielman. Sp- Robert I'm- Robert Spielman. Oh oh Spillane. Spillane. I'm sorry. You got. I was sitting there yeah. going. I'm oh, thinking, man, you know what I was, th- I was thinking of Spielman, Chris Spielman. Spielman. Remember him? Yeah. The linebacker from Detroit? Right. Spillane. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Robert Spillane. Yeah, you should have gone Mickey. See, yeah. I'd have known automatically. But I was laughing because I was, first of all, I thought about Spielman. And uh, that reminds me of, do you remember when we were there when uh, Kenny, um, who's the tackle? Yeah. Went over to Ken- Detroit. Kenny Delafour. Delafour was there, and he told Spielman, before the game that, that uh, we we, that we thought we, he he was terrible was terrible. <laughs> Dang you and I tangled up with him. Yeah. He's going. What do you think of that? You think I'm I'm I'm, I'm a, you think I'm uh, you know uh, a lousy linebacker now, huh? We're like we're constantly fighting after every play. Yeah. And I remember asking him again, going Dale for it. I go Dally, what's the matter with your boy Spielman? Right. He goes, Oh, I forgot. I I I kind of sorry about that. He goes, I told him that you guys thought he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was so Spielman. funny. Oh, Chris Spielman. Yeah, he was. He's a heck of a linebacker. Right, he was good. Yeah. But Robert Splane didn't practice, and that means yeah. uh, the knee. I would think is, you know, his uh, a little bit more of an issue. Hopefully, I've not heard anything that um, you know it's a a long, you know, right. uh, term injury. But uh, you know, I haven't really got much of an update on it. Splane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got we got Splane. We got spoiling, no yeah, question about yeah. it. So here's the thing about it. Um, you know, you've got right now an opportunity for Avery Williamson to come in and fulfill what he was drafted right. or traded for. Right. You know, they brought him in. He's already uh he, he already provided some positive reps last week. I hope that yeah. he gets a good week long uh look at, at Buffalo and I think he's gonna do a good job. Yeah. We need him to come on. I mean, yeah. think about this. How do you have uh, three of your top five linebackers down, right? You know, and that's just that's 
that's so hard. Yeah. Um, but you're going to need that, especially with a guy like Josh Allen, because here's the thing about Josh Allen. You put on that videotape and you watch the designed runs that he does. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, the, he's, the, he's a wildcat. Yeah, he's always uh, uh, drawing, uh, you know, the, the draw, quarterback draw, and he scores on it. He does a good job. Did you see some of those uh, when they pulled the guards? They blew up the one the – one, uh, the one sweep I saw him, but from a wild, it's like he's like a wildcat formation right. all by himself, yeah. except he's the quarterback. Yeah, I would think, and I, one of the things you got to be, I would think Buffalo's got to be careful. You can't overuse him because he. Yeah. It's not like he's really evasive. He's a good runner, but he's right. got more power in his running game than he has. Well, Lamar Jackson is going to make you miss. Yeah, yeah. Right, he doesn't make people miss. Yeah, and, and he got hurt last week. Did he? Uh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, he he he, he got up slow. Okay, yeah. All yeah. right, so you know what? You got to snogulate this guy every opportunity you get. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna be hard to find when he runs with the ball. He's not hard to find. Right. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, he is very good at running. And of course, we know that he's got quite the arm. Okay, so we got to go to break, Jaluch. Yeah, well, uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and we'll be back after this. Mr. Ozzle with a swastika tattoo. There is a vacancy waiting in the English They've got a, an MVP caliber quarterback who's playing at that level. Um, they've got some, some defenders that are just taking the ball away every single time the ball's thrown their way. Um, and and they're, they're just a really good football team, and I think confidence has a lot to do with that. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. Well, bat, we're back. You know, if you're going to go with somebody named Elvis, go with Elvis. All Elvis right? Costello. Elvis Presley, uh, you, the original you, you Elvis. Didn't, you didn't like that song. No. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm sitting. Jake, uh, you like that? If you're forcing me to pick an Elvis, I got to go <laughs> the Elvis, right? That's yeah. right. Elvis Presley. All right. Well, uh, we're back. God heavens, man. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room. And uh, uh, that was uh, Ben talking about uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills. And uh, this is the team on the come, man. This yeah. is the team that has uh, started to whittle away defensively speaking. You think in the middle, you got Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, you know, you got Terrell Edmonds' brother there in the yeah. middle of the Buff Bills watching him. The guy's big. He's six yeah. five. He's yeah. two fifty. Um, and he and he one one uh, he lines up in the middle and then he lines up on the end of the line of scrimmage. He can do damage from yeah. either place. Yeah. You know, I was watching him last night and I was thinking to myself, you know, I talked to Terrell and go, your brother's good. Yeah. Now I also told Terrell 
that he needs to bring him some duff wings or anchor bar wings or take him bring some Ted's hot dog. You know, Ted's hot dogs is pretty big too. Yeah. Or some beef on weck. Get a yeah. little uh, beef on weck. Beef on weck is good. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not real big on all the salt that's on the weck. You know, the bun. Uh, you get too much salt on it, and it can create the I don't know little you know because here's the thing about it you you get a nice you got the nice bun then you put the roast beast on right you put that on there then you got the du jour sauce yeah then you gotta go with that that uh, you know that stuff that makes you snort you know the the the, the sauce yeah that's oh that's really good stuff horseradish I've Ooh. never I've never had beef on whack you've never had beef on no. whack yeah. oh I have. Done you a disservice as yeah, a brother yeah. here. All right. uh, you need to go with a little beef on weck. We're going to have to get you some. All right. Well, let's go to the phones. Uh, All right. CR in Chicago. CR, welcome to the locker room. Hey, good morning, you two old folks. CR, still in Chicago. How the heck you guys doing this morning, man? Doing well. We're doing great, buddy. That's good. Uh, and it, that weck is a character, man. Um, you know, all the guys that you bringing on, they – they they give good insight and good information. They're good and, guys, um, yeah. Oh yeah, they, they got to be good um, to, to be on the show. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have no no, no chumps on there, <laughs> except for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll be like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. <laughs> there you go. I want to give a shout out to our inside the locker room, Baker Thirty Dozen uh, Plus. We've got like uh, up to eighty two people now, and uh, I also want to remind people to, to call in. Uh, on the four one two nine one nine one three one six, and download the app on the phone, and then download Steel Nation Radio on the app, and then uh, download in the locker room because you guys, uh, as you know, every, every time somebody calls in, they really appreciate the information that you guys give, how you present the thing, and it's just uh, it's just a, an awesome awesome thing to be a part of. Well, um, stay tuned because you're going to have a treat because Bryant McFadden's coming up after right, this yeah. oh, next segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. Brian, yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Wolf, I am knee-deep in trouble, man. Uh-oh. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm so sad. I literally got dogged out yesterday on the Redidio by Awesome Oats and the Wild Wild West. They oh, said man. it was my fault because they didn't get a chance to sing their song, and that's why the Steelers lost. So they're blaming it <laughs> on me. <laughs> you you got dogged out, man, and they 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 you know they spoke truth to you. What are you gonna do? Hey, well, what can you say? Hey, guys, um, you know, getting down to the game, um, we do have some serious problems uh, with our running game. Um, but the guys are just they just not there with the running game. And uh, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. Uh, number one, um, do you think uh, Ben needs to be more under center? With the fullback, I know when the fullback is in, he takes off a wide receiver. But uh, don't you think that would be a, a better game instead, right. of, instead of running the the uh, the, the short the, the short pass? Because when he passes, it's, it's a lot of times it's behind the line of scrimmage, and then the receiver of the ball has to make up that yardage to be able to gain positive yardage, and it's all and that's why the balls are getting tipped. At the line of scrimmage. Well, part of the problem. Well, here's hold on. You got two issues going on here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, here's one thing. RPOs. Okay. The offensive line's coming off. They think you're running the ball. Yeah. Okay. So you're coming screaming off the ball. You don't know if a guy's 
jumping up, putting his hands up. You don't know it's a pass until he does that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, okay, that's one. The other one is depending on what you're what you're referring to as those short passing game. If you're talking about a bubble screen to a wide receiver, right. a now route, one of those things where the it's soft yeah. coverage, there's a cushion. You yeah. just you know you give a signal and you throw the ball out to a receiver. He gets up. You know, five, eight yards, ten yards. That's that's another matter altogether. If you're talking about the crossing routes that are getting shorter and shorter because they're moving the linebackers up and the defensive line is leaning back a little bit, putting their hands up. Now you got an issue. And and Cr, what you asked uh, is Ben better underneath the center, and uh, you know what uh, they run the ball better. With Ben underneath the center. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. But uh, we're going back to what you were saying. I'm talking about the short pass out in the flat, what they call a wide receiver screen or, or whatever. Right. Uh, it seems it seems to me that if you're going to get the ball out, at least try to get it eight to twelve yards downfield. So you. you, you but here's the here's the, the problem. Down. You're creating a yep. screen. What you're doing is throwing a screen. Yeah. The blocker's got to get somebody blocked. Okay, that's the part of the problem. Yeah. Okay. If you have the defensive backs able to come up and eat up that, that green grass in between the receiver and the cornerback and do so when the ball is just getting out there, you're you're you've you've got a problem. Because yeah. the offensive line can't get out there or the other receivers are not blocking well enough to create that cushion so whoever's getting that ball has an opportunity to get up the field. You know, if we're and, talking about the same thing. And, and uh, you know, the offensive line has got to be athletic. Uh, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey are athletic. And sometimes you got to get out there and throw your body. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to use your body like a club, man. Just yeah. go out there and swing away. You know, yeah, and but so... The other day you talking about you need to be firing off the ball because right now what they're doing they're kind of like standing in place. But if you fire off like you guys used to do, you know, back in the day when they had, you know, people like the bus, etc. Uh, you know, the, the running game was, was the primary uh, thing, and now they're using Ben uh, uh, as as a primary primary passer. And my other part of that uh, of this situation is, do you think they really miss Hall of Famer offensive lineman, uh, offensive coach? Uh, Munchak. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime you would miss him. Yeah. Yes. There's no question. Yeah. Um, but that does not that does not mean that Sean Surratt cannot get the job done. Yeah. He's a very capable, very, very good coach. The fact of the matter is, you know, Mike Munchak is in a league by himself. Right. Okay. So if you can't have Munchak, you know, everybody else is pretty much you've got to realize that. You know he's not quite. Nobody's going to be as good as Munchak. Yeah, you you cannot you can't help but look at the fact that the man wears a, a yellow jacket and he had a great career. Right. Uh, without you know and separate that from the coach. And, and, okay. And I traded him for, uh, at the Pro Bowl for his helmet. There you go. Yeah. So you got I've Munch's got, helmet. I got a Hall of Fame helmet. There you go. Do you think that, that uh, putting more emphasis on the running game and the practice, like uh, I heard something the other day somewhere where somebody was saying that uh, you ran like uh, instead of doing uh, uh, catching passes and stuff, they got to the goal line and, and they ran like 13 or 14 straight times in practice. Uh, you know anything about that? No, I, I, I no, no, I don't. No, no, no. I have not been able to get down to watch practice right, yeah. over the last. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Oh. This is back in the day when you guys were playing. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I think somebody said, I think somebody said that, that the coach is, uh, it's, 
made sure that when you got down there, you ran like you know an excessive amount of of plays. Uh, Running what you what the, you might be referring to was the time I was talking to Tom Moore and asking him, "Do you remember on a Friday when we ran yeah. a toss twenty nine crack and uh, and yeah, 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 and we yeah, ran yeah. it seventeen times in a row and uh, you <laughs> and know touch pulled seventeen times in a row and when we ran goal line at short yardage uh, uh, we were. Uh, uh, we were up to the task, and uh, we were well, physical. We literally, it was it was nearly a goal line scrimmage when right. we would, yeah. run, were, you know, I mean, ran our short yardage of goal line offense on Fridays. That's uh, a little too close to game time, if you ask right. me, anymore. But we were young and dumb, and we didn't know any better. You were young and dumb. <laughs> hey guys. I'm, I'm, now hey, I'm the, just uh, now I'm just old and dumb. You know, what I mean that's just the way it is. Hey, hey, to the to the inside of the locker room, gang. Uh, I, I've got three people that I can't locate where they're at, and that's Scott, uh, Cuban Dan, and uh, and Dorian. I think he, he said Green Trees, but it might be Green Tree or uh, Pennsylvania. So if you guys are listening, um, it would be nice to know specifically where you guys are located at. Hey guys, um, I'm gonna get out the way because I I don't want people to be saying that I hog up on the line. <laughs> If you want to beat me, then you got to beat me because, hey, I'm here and ready to go when the bell goes off. So, guys, hey, uh, in this house, diehard fans. In this house, we are very passionate. In this house, we are still a nation. In this house, we are family. So, in the meantime, in COVID-19 between times, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. Thank you, CR. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, CR. Uh, let's go to the phones. Donut Dano from Florida. Donut Dano. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Right. Doing fabulous. How good, are you? Good, buddy. Good. Doing great. Doing great. It was between Donut Dano or Gluten-Free Dano. It was a toss-up. Donut Dano just works, buddy. Yeah, Donut right? Dano that works That gluten-free great. stuff, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to make this brief, guys. I uh, got a chance to uh, read the uh, the uh, Steeler.com article uh, on Vance McDonald. And, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He is uh, 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 a nominee for the Walter Payton uh, Award winner. Right. Right. That was such a good article, though. But I also got a chance to see the Asked uh, Mr. Labria. Uh, oh, yeah. Labs. Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> um, and uh, there was an article, somebody had asked a question about um, the three, uh, Chuck Knoll, uh, Coach Tomlin, and Coach Cower. Right. And he, he felt that uh, Chuck Knoll, which I agreed with him, I thought it was really good, that Chuck Knoll had to deal with so much more. Yes, right. yes. Uh, coming in, you know, in 1969. And... Uh, I thought that, like I said, I thought that was a really good article. But, it was a great uh, article, Dan. And what I loved about it was really highlighting the difference in between the three coaches. Yeah, you know they were all great, but the fact of right. the matter is, one man built a foundation upon which the others exactly. were able to continue upon, and right. uh, that was Coach Knoll. Yeah, he changed the yeah. culture. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he he basically built that team, you know, quote unquote, from scratch. Yeah, and and look what look what came out of it. I mean, just incredible. Four Super Bowls. So, um, but anyway, um, agree with you on uh, 
Coach Munchak uh, as well, Wolf. Um, yeah, he's he's you know top of the line, top tier uh, lineman. He's got a gold jacket to prove it, and also a great coach. But um, you know, I think I, I think that our offensive line coach um, is doing is doing a good job. He can't go out there and put and you're exactly right. The thing, you know, and they're pass protecting well. They've got to come off the ball and create a run right. game. That's the only yeah. thing I can I can say about it. You know, what I mean, and he yeah, knows right. it, and they know it. Here's the one thing right. about it: you got Marquise Pouncey, you got Al Villanueva, you got uh, Dave DeCastro. Those guys know what it takes to create a run game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dano, we got to roll, brother. Yeah. Dan, uh, thank you. Here's the uh, interview, and uh, you guys take care. God bless. Love you both. Love thank you, you both. brother. Love you, man. Love take you, care. Buddy, take care. Donut Dano. Uh, Donut Dano. Uh, what? He's not gluten free, Dano. He's yeah, Donut Dano. Yeah, yeah. But he sent me a gluten free cupcake. He did. He's, yeah. a, he's a good man. Yeah. All right. We'll be back after this. We got Bryant McFadden coming up next in the locker room. The Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the Locker Room. And we have Brian McFadden, who's won two Super Bowls. And uh, in 2005, he was a second-round draft pick. Brian, how you going, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thank you guys for having me on, man. It's a great day to be alive. Yeah. Bryant McFadden. Yeah. Dude, it's nice to have you back. I remember watching you as a young buck. You come in in 05. Yeah. And uh, you you promptly go on to two Super Bowls. You know, I got to tell you something. Chalooch and I have been around here a long time. Yeah. All right? We're old guys. Yeah. You come rolling in and you go Super Bowl twice. Did you think it was going to kind of be a yearly thing the way it started off? Um, yeah, un- unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because you know, I get drafted in 2005. You know, I was a second rounder. You know, with guys like Heath Miller. You know, uh, we had an outstanding rookie class: Trey Essence, man, Juice, man, uh, Ryan Wallace, man. Even the free agents: Nate Washington, Arnold Harrison, Andre Frazier. The list can go on and on and on. And we come there, and I remember. When we went to the symposium, which was in Palm Beach, and Ray Jackson, who was a player yeah. uh, development uh, yeah. guy then, we we all we worked out while we were in Palm Beach together. Like our entire rookie class worked out together. And now we're at the symposium where we're supposed to be relaxing, right. going over some of the, the obligations for the NFL. We were training. We were trying to get better. And at that moment, we all felt like our rookie class could really be impactful for this organization at some point in time in 2005. And we, we all made our plays. We all made strides. And just to answer your initial question, yeah, I felt like we were supposed to go to Super Bowl every year because as a rookie, when you win it all, you don't know anything else outside of winning a championship. 
Yeah. So when we didn't get when we didn't go to the playoffs in year two, I was like, oh my goodness, the world is coming to an end. We didn't even go to the playoffs. <laughs> so Brian, uh, you know, you are a hard worker, and uh, you are a great player. And so, what were the highlights of your career? Oh my goodness, it's uh, it's quite a few. Number one, one of my highlights were talking with you guys earlier in my career in Latrobe, PA. That's when I felt like I was a big deal because you guys are so well-respected around the organization and around Pittsburgh. And I remember I did an interview with you guys, and we were talking about the Madden video game, and I was, you know, gloating about how good I was. But that's one of my highlights. Going back to my room. I don't know if you guys remember that. But I, I do. We do. We do. We love you, Brian. We love you, know, you Brian. We, we always thought so highly of yeah. you, young man. We yeah. always thought so highly of you. I appreciate it, but I think uh, one of the bigger highlights of my career was my rookie year, the play I made against Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne. Oh, um, yes. At that time when at, at the bus just f- finished, uh, fumbled the football and the yes. sudden change we had to develop as a defender going from the sideline, celebrating to now we got to try to stop them from scoring or getting in the field goal range. And just being able to come up and, and, and deliver in that moment when I was the only rookie on the football field yes. with so many Hall of Famers. You know, they had a Hall of Fame quarterback. I was covering the Hall of Fame wide receiver, a potential Hall of Fame wide receiver, and just being able to break up that pass that led to us winning that ball game, that led to us getting the fifth Super Bowl, and eventually, you know, to get the sixth, you got to get the fifth, and being able to get that fifth Super Bowl, uh, especially for Jerome Bennis, you know, Mm -hmm. know, that was his last year, and being able to, uh, you know, play a hand in Coach Coward getting his championship ring as well, uh, I think that was the most... uh, the, the biggest moment in my career in Pittsburgh was my rookie year that moment. Brian, I, I got to ask you this, man, because I remember I was down on the sidelines. I saw James Ferrier behind the bench giving his gloves to some fan. There, you know, Because everything, it's, it's all over. All Bussy's got to do is, he, you know, yes. Jerome's taking the ball. He's going into the end zone, and you guys are on your way to the next step. And all of a sudden, the ball comes out. I remember Tunch on the air was screaming, "Oh no, oh and, no!" And, and all of a sudden, tackle you guys got somebody a, tackle him. Yeah, somebody tackle him, and you guys got to flip the switch from already putting aside. We won the game too. We got to save the game. What yeah. was that like? Well, it was it was crazy because it was a surreal moment. You talk about James Ferrier giving his gloves to the, the Steelers fans in the stadium. The rest of us was talking crazy to the Colts fans because they were just heckling us the entire game. Remember, early in the year, we went to Indianapolis, right. and they beat us bad. Yes. So they felt like you know they were the better team, and they were one of the better, better teams in the National Football League that year. So we were celebrating. So when we heard the uproar, we were actually looking at the play. We were talking trash to the fans. And then we were like, why? And we, we assumed. We assumed that we scored, so we were like, why are their fans cheering for our touchdown? And then we happened to turn around. When we turned around, we saw Nick Harper running with the football, and it went from, like, what did we miss to what's going on to, oh, Ben, please get him down. Ben got him down. (laughs) Coach LeBeau was like, defense on the field. And I remember when we all ran on the football field, our coaching staff, they were so stunned that we didn't get a call. James Ferry was in the huddle like, Dickie, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> and Coach LeBeau was kind of like shocked as well. And James was just hollering, Dickie, give us something. And now he gave us a call, and we were like instantly, man, let's get a stop. Yeah, let's you know, stop. 
when we when we played the Denver Broncos in the playoffs and we beat them, uh, you know, I came off the field and I started talking trash to the uh, the fans because they were hacking. This is back me. in our day, and, Brian. And and, uh, and uh, uh, the big Kahuna, our offensive line coach, said, "Don't, don't, 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 don't do that." No, no, you got to let them know, especially when you taste that, that that taste of victory and they've been talking so much trash. Yeah. And that's the thing I love. My rookie year, I really love traveling on the road a lot because we were we were so hated by their fans, especially Cleveland. They were throwing batteries at us. They were talking so much trash. But just having that, the victory of having the final laugh was super prideful for all of us. And we got the final laugh in the RCA Dome that day. Now, let me ask you this. Compare that and contrast that with Super Bowl 43. You're down in Tampa. Big Another Super Bowl is tremendous and everything. But it's a different perspective. Number one, you're not a rookie anymore. Number two, you're a seasoned veteran. Uh, what was it like? And the first one was all about Bussy. There's no question. And the, and the second one was, was different. Let us know. Yeah, the second one was, was a little more about trying to, uh, you know, cement our legacy yeah. in the National Football League. You know, add our legacy to to a story organization. Being the first to get six, to have six sticky Lombardis. And our class, my rookie class, you know, played a hand in getting two of those Lombardis, the fifth and the sixth. So that year, we were rolling. And we, we <laughs> felt like we were the best team. We played against, we had the toughest schedule. I remember going into that season, I was home in South Florida, and they released the schedules. And we had the toughest schedule, and everybody predicted us to miss the playoffs and finish no no better than third in our division. Mm. I mean, that was a slap in the face. So going into that season, it was about proving people wrong and making every game a statement game to the entire NFL. And it started with our defense. So that Super Bowl, when we played against Arizona, remember, we were favorites. We had a better record than they did. We could have had the number one seed in Tennessee, but we lost that final game, I think, in the regular season to Kerry Collins and the Titans. But going into the playoffs, we knew we were the better team. We felt we were so confident. But when we played against Arizona, I mean, we played against a bunch of Hall of Famers. Now, they started to reach their peak. They, they reminded us, a lot of us, in 05. When they got into the playoffs, they were playing some of their best-inspired football. Mm-hmm. So, for us, you know, they had a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame running back in Adrian James, potential Hall of Fame pass catchers in Larry Fitzgerald and Quan Bowden, and they were rolling. So, we just didn't want to have the biggest letdown in the most important ball game, which was the Super Bowl. And defensively, we didn't play our best ball game. And I remember Mike Tomlin telling us that last drive after San Antonio caught that touchdown he brought us on the sideline he said great defenses win championships you guys were great the entire year but that means nothing if we don't win this championship and it makes sense think about last year right the best defense in the national football league was who the san francisco 49ers but Mm. you would never talk about their defense among the greats because they never won a championship right that was something that we all had in our memory going onto the football field for that final drive Man, if we want to be in that conversation with some of the greatest defenses that ever play in Pittsburgh, some of the greatest defenses that ever play in the National Football League, we got to win this championship. And because of that, you can always throw our name in that conversation and have a valid debate because we brought home a chip. So, Bryant, uh, I heard you were in broadcasting. What's that like? Are you are you enjoying it? Man, this is the... The, the the next best thing I can do outside of running around trying to cover wide receivers. Because I still feel 
like I'm a part of the game. And you guys know this. You know, you right. guys played and then, of, co- of course, got into broadcasting. And you still feel connected. You know, you get a chance to see guys like myself come in as a rookie, and now you're talking to me as a full-grown man. And right. we share stories. And you you have other stories with some other, so many other great players that came through the organization. And I just love football. I love talking ball. I love talking the the, the 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 strategic side of things, you know, the game plan, and just giving my unbiased opinion about certain things and making people understand the game better. You know what I mean? Being informative while being entertaining, and it's the next best thing I could do. And that's why when I knew my career was coming to a halt, coming to an end, I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. I wanted to do something that I love. Because when you're doing what you love to do, it doesn't feel like it's a job. Right. It, feel, it feels like your life. It's a part yeah. of your life. It's not work. You're not waking up to go to work. You're doing what you love to do. You're passionate about it. So I never wanted to have that feel that I'm working. No, this doesn't feel like work. This feels like when I breathe, when I inhale, exhale. It's a part of me. And broadcasting has been able to provide that element to my life, and I have no complaints with it. What's your favorite type of broadcasting? Because some people, like, you do TV, you do radio, you do podcasting, you do all these things, Brian, and you're very, very good. I've yeah. watched you since you've retired. And by the way, yeah, you do real well. So that's why but, we wanted to get you on as a rookie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, here's the thing about it. Watching you on TV. See, you got TV looks, okay? Guys like me, we're, I got the face for a radio, right, okay? Yo, we got so, the face for radio. <laughs> so how do you, what do you like? You like TV, you like radio? And by the way, the other reason I like radio is usually there's no dress code and usually there's free food associated with it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I like both. I like radio because of what you said. You can be relaxed. You can be comfortable. Yes. And the thing about radio, you can kind of get off, stri- off script a little bit and no one yeah. really knows. You know, you can take the show left, right, wherever, and no one really knows because that's what radio provides. When you're on television, everything <laughs> is kind of skip a script oriented. But then when it comes to TV, you can kind of people can kind of see the energy. Right. That, that, that's the thing I love about being being visual. They can see the passion. Radio, they can feel it. They can hear it. But then they necessarily can't really see it. You know, I, I, the best way I can explain to listeners who've never been in this field before, just imagine listening to a football game and watching a football game. You know what I mean? Right. You enjoy both. But sometimes you want to see that energy that's associated with the team or with the stadium. So that that's I love doing both because both are extremely – the radio is so flexible. That's the thing about, you know, having the flexibility to – be in ball shorts or be in a in a, in a, in a, in a, in 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 a, uh, athletic apparel and and just right. go about your business. And then when it comes to television, you got to get more professional. But then you can kind of <laughs> show the energy that you have, whatever. When it comes to talking about whatever it is you're talking about, Brian, we have way in Wednesday <laughs> for Wolf. Yeah, I, I've I've struggled a little bit with that. Okay, he's three hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, now I got to ask you something because you know, first of all, you, the energy you 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 bring is so readily apparent. I mean, you you can you just sense it over the airwaves or a TV. Yeah. Let me ask you, who kind of influenced you along? Who spoke big things into your life as a young man, and who influenced you as a coach? Maybe, uh, maybe the great Dick LeBeau, but who were the the people that kind of spoke some life into your life as you grew up? Well, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, growing up and, you know, she basically raised me by herself, mm. always spoke positivity in my life. Right. You know, she always said, you can speak whatever it is you want to do into this world, speak it into existence and believe it. And faith without action is dead. 
Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to have faith in doing whatever it is you want to do, but you have to provide action behind that. And that action is working. That action is being prepared when the opportunity comes. And it's, I, I associate that with football, but it's, it's the same ingredient you need to have in life. You know, for us playing football our entire life, we've been, you know, regiment-oriented for such a long time. Train, practice, play a game. Train, practice, play a game. If we took that same mindset into whatever it is we want to do outside of football, we have no other choice but to be successful. Because when you work hard and you believe in the work that you're doing, you're prepared. And when you're prepared, failure is not an option. Yeah. Nothing but success is an option. And then to answer your second question, uh, I, I've had the, the 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 opportunity in being so blessed when it comes to to the football world to be around some of the best football minds that have ever been created. Mm. Starting in my collegiate days, Bobby Bowden oh. recruited me. He was my head coach. Mm-hmm. Mickey Andrews personally coached me day in and day out. He was a D.C., he was a secondary coach. So you're talking about two iconic Hall of Fame individuals in their respectable world in collegiate football right there. Then I get drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guess who coaches me there? Bill Cowher, Dick LeBeau. I mean, Hall of Fame Mm. individuals, right? Highly respected individuals. Great people, though. All of them are great people, not just in the football world, but in the real world. Great people. And then BC leaves, and then Mike Tomlin, who will be in, in, eventually in the Hall of Fame as right. well. Right. So Bobby Bowden, Mickey Andrews, Dick LeBeau, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin, wow. Keith Butler, Coach Mitch, <laughs> Darren Perry, Ray Orton, man, and list can go on and on about some of the iconic right. individuals I've been associated with, and I just took a little bit of thing, a little bit of uh, from each individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that created me and my broadcasting world just from the energy. Bill Cowher loved energy. Yes. You know, he loved passion. You know, he loved attacking every play with energy and passion. Right. You know, Dick LeBeau was a very, very instinctive coach, being able to understand and be prepared what you will see. You know, Mike Tomlin was a relatable coach, all along with well-disciplined and expecting nothing but greatness from you. You know what I mean? So being able to be around those football minds, I have no other choice but to know what I'm talking about when it comes to football because if I didn't learn anything around those individuals, I wasted their time and my time. So, Brian, who influenced you about Jesus? Oh, my mom. Naturally, yes. Yes, yes. My mom was everything, man. She she always thought about, you know, being spiritually rooted and grounded and, and, and praying and believing in what you pray for right. along with the actions, like I said. Uh and, and she's been she's been the foundation for me uh since day one. Um like I said, didn't have my father around. Um but she she was that the, the, the father to some degree. Um, but she made sure that I was well disciplined and I was respectful, and I and I went about my business in, in, in a in a professional way before I became a profession. You know what, Brian McFadden, you do not disappoint. Yeah, you are, we <laughs> you love you, buddy, brother. I am so happy we had this opportunity. Will you come back sometime? Yeah. Listen, listen. You guys, whenever you guys want me to come back, it's, it's not. I'm ready. Just give me a heads up. Is this? Not, we're all associated together. Like I said, man, you guys were one of the first individuals to give me an interview my rookie year in Latrobe, PA. My first legit interview session was with you guys, and you showed me nothing but love my entire time. There. Yeah. That's the thing I love about the Steeler organization and the Steeler love. When you're a Steeler, you're always a Steeler. Amen. No how big your role was on the yeah. team. 
as long as you was a part of the team and you gave it your all, practice squad player didn't matter. People respecting you, love you, and that's why we got the best fans in the world, in my opinion. Brian McFadden, thank you, brother. We, we appreciate love you. you. Love you. We hey, love you, buddy. Be well. All yeah. right, we'll talk to you again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. That's Brian McFadden. McFadden. We'll be back with more to wrap up the show. It's Tunch and Wolf in the locker room. Well, I started out down a dirty road. Started out all alone. You know, you got to maintain fluidity as 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 players available to you change, and that's one of the things that I've really been focused on, and, and that's really become clear to me is that you know we we just got to become a more solid group. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. We're back again. Just like bad breath in the morning. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to go to the phone. Steeler Jimmy in Chicago. Uh, welcome, Steeler Jimmy. How you doing, bro? What's up, buddy? How you guys doing, man? Fantabulous. Fantabulous. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm I'm good. I'll tell you, I love that CR, but waiting for him to finish up with a phone call is like getting caught in an intersection <laughs> and having to wait for a freight train to go through. <laughs> Ever happened? I'll tell you, man. But, yeah. hey, let, so, that, let me ask you this. How'd you like Bryant McFadden? Was B-Mac oh, not great? Dude, I love that kid. Oh, man, he, what a classy, awesome dude, man. You know, yeah. and it just it takes me to the, to the days of yesterday, man, you know? And, yep. When we used to be able to run the ball. <laughs> so, so Wolfie, I'm always hearing you talking about how you guys used to do your practicing and exercises by pushing cars around and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah. I, I, I know it may be about 27 years too late, but me being a professional auto mechanic, I want to let you know that if you put the damn thing in neutral, they roll a little easier. <laughs> oh, that would have been so useful yeah. 27 years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Sorry I'm a little late. But, so, listen, I don't want to minimize all the good things we're doing this year. I mean, we are, man. We're doing good. Well, oh, big deal. We lost one game. Sooner or later, you're going to lose a game. But what's what's discouraging to me is how long we're waiting to try to get better at running the ball. I mean, we've had a, a lot of games now to try to get better at running the ball. And listen, man, even even the lady in the cafeteria knows that you got to be able to run the ball. And I know we got a great quarterback, and John Elway was great too, but he didn't win a Super Bowl till he got a running game. And, right, and, right. And, and, you know, guys, and, and, and it's hard for me to believe out of all those people, great people in our organization from the from the president to, like I said, the lady in the cafeteria, that they they don't know that we need to – we don't have to be great at it, but just effective, man. I mean, six inches, five times, man. That's, that's embarrassing for a Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, team, yes, man. right. That's and, embarrassing. And, and, and you know, guys, how I believe in the defense, and I believe in running the ball, man. You know, and that's how you got to, and that's how you win. I don't care if it's twenty thirty-two; you're still going to have to run the football. Yeah. You know? And that, and that's, and that's it, man. And I just wanted to call and tell you guys that I love you guys, man. Happy holidays. 
Have a great Christmas, hey, hey, a great New Year. Hey, Steeler Yo. Jimmy. Steeler Jimmy. What's up, Punch? Is the lake is the is the lakefront open yet from uh, in Chicago? I mean, people are going out there and stuff. You know, I mean, they're jogging and riding their bikes and walking their dogs and stuff. You know, I I don't want to say anything negative about the mayor. Yeah, (laughs) where do you where do you live, Steeler? Well, I grew up on. I grew up on the north side, Tunch, uh, by Rogers Park. Uh, I, I grew Rogers up in Park. Rogers Park too. I I went to Gale yeah. School. Uh, right, I grew. I went. I went to Lane Tech for two years, and then I finished up at Mather because I lived right across the street from Mather High School. Right, and uh, you know, I just got tired of taking the bus to school and everything. And yeah, I grew up on Peterson in California on the north side, but now I live in Orland Park, which is a southwest suburb of the city. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and I love it, man. You know, I I, I get my, I could I could be sociable if I want to be, and I can have my privacy. You know, living in the suburbs, so <laughs> I love it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up for anything in the world. Man. And, and I I lived on Rogers and East Lake. Okay, you you were more like East Rogers Park. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was like, on the like, lake. You know, I was on the lake, Rogers right. Park Lake. I, I, on the other side of Sheridan Road, like Loyola campus, all throughout there. That's where you're from, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, you know, I lived in Uptown uh, uh, and Rogers Park in Highland Park. My my dad had a laundromat in Uptown on Wilson and Clark over there. I'm sure you know where that is. Yeah. You know, you know, back in those days and. Seven late seventies and all through the eighties, you know. But Uptown has really, really gotten to be um, a, a nice area. You know, it used to be kind of a rundown area and poverty stricken, but n- now it's actually developed into a really nice area. But uh, you know, I, I still have a three flat down there in the city, and I, I go there, you know, a couple times a month, you know, to get the rent or get the mail and stuff like that. But I don't really hang out in the city too much anymore, Touch. You know, I. Those days are kind of over for me. I, I'm kind of more family oriented. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, I kind of like, you know, doing my fishing and working in the garage on my stuff. And you know, I'm a little more laid back now than, yeah. than the bars, the bar scene, and hobnobbing with the jet set. You know. <laughs> well, I tell well, you, what, I, I, I appreciate I, you checking in there, Steeler Jimmy. Uh, uh, Jimmy, I, I'm st- always, li- I, I, I'm I, always st- listening, guys. I, I stopped drinking guys, 20 years ago. Yeah. Good for you, but you need to start again if we don't start running the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, thank I, you I so you much. Guys, it was great, Very and by the way, good. it was so much fun meeting you back a year or two ago there. Oh, man, I got to see you. That's a memory I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget that, Wolfie, man. That was awesome. Dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Lo- love you, Jimmy. Lo- love, love you, bro. Guys. Take care, man. All right. You know, it's great when uh, we're, what, under two minutes now? Yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing about uh, you know everything coming up here, and I, I love the fact that uh, you know you get Steelers, you know fans that you can connect with and and be able to meet. It's just fun. Yeah, it's just really fun. And then you you know you get guys like Steeler Jimmy and Cr and some of the other guys that you meet along the way, and it's just um, it just really makes it worthwhile. Um, so all right, tomorrow is going to be scouting report day. Scouting report, and day. we got to get that together. I'm looking forward to this game. This game is. Going to be, um, it's, it's got they. We've got to get a turnaround on this man. They got to get a turnaround, right? You know, if you if you go into Buffalo and you lose this game, and all of a sudden I'm telling you, Cleveland's going to be sitting back there going, "Oh, they did open the door," and it's going to be a 
dogfight down to the end. You watch. Uh, you know, I think uh, they're uh, going to win this game. I hope I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that right now my gullet, I'm not sure whether it's the burrito I ate or whether it's just a little turbulence from viewing what could be a laying ahead in Orchard Park, New York, come Sunday night. All right. All right. My friend, take it away. All right. Uh, we, we, uh, you've been in the, the locker room. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. And uh, we're we, we're going to be back tomorrow, tomorrow with bet. the, the uh, scouting report. All right. We'll see you later.